0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adoption Adventures. I'm hoping that your week has started as well as mine has. Um, the sun is not going down as quickly, so my smile is staying on for much longer. Um, in the last couple of episodes, I've promised you that I was having a guest on with us, uh, and I've been super duper excited about this guest joining us. Um, so, I will allow my guest of honour to uh, introduce themselves in a moment um, and then what we'll do is um, we're going to have a great chat and then I'll put some links in so as you can get in touch directly. So hello, Molly.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. It's, uh, it's amazing. Um, would you like to introduce yourself to, to our wonderful audience?
1: I will, of course. Hi, everyone. I'm Molly. I'm a mum of two in the UK. Me and my husband are 18 months into our adoption journey. We started in 2019 Mm -hmm. um, and we went into the process with a biological three-year-old daughter. Uh, which yep. was super fun. Yeah. Uh, so we were looking, you know, for the naught to two kind of sibling to bring home uh, that yep. she'd been begging us for for a good year, <laughs> and we did exactly that. We brought home our little boy right in the middle of the pandemic when the world really had stopped.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, we got him when he was ten months old. He came home, and it feels like he's been here forever. It has just been bliss certainly had our challenges but um, (laughs) you know nothing more than what we had with our daughter and it's wonderful being a family of four and so I've been sharing our kind of story online mainly on Instagram on YouTube just to try and combat some of the negative stigma and share you know a real realistic perspective of an adoption journey in the mm. UK as a young adopter as well um, and an adopter with an existing child as well yeah so that's me in an amazing
0: nutshell. fantastic and um I mean all all what you've just said that it, it's incredible I, I I'm not entirely sure that we've got enough time to cover it all we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go we're gonna get go. but it's yeah. um I I was I was just um obviously commenting how when i first started adoption ventures the idea was that i could combat some of those negatives out there um, and alleviate some of those fears because there's if if you go online you can kind of end up in a rabbit hole of mm-hmm. fear of all of the things that could go wrong so i was like hey i'm gonna launch this podcast and hopefully it will help people i've seen your youtube kind con- out. Uh, Uh, content I've seen your Instagram content and it's it's really refreshing obviously you're I've seen you have no concerns about if you have a bad day you're sharing that you have a bad day but Mm -hmm. actually you're sharing a real image um and I think it must be so refreshing for for people to see that and and to see that hey it's not all bad it's not all doom and gloom and like you say you started your journey in the height of a pandemic when life was pretty horrendous so so that must have been quite a challenge for you
1: it was well I mean we started the process obviously pre-pandemic just as it was kind of getting in the news so we started just before Christmas and fortunately for us we got all the way through to kind of just nearing the end of stage two assessment when Mm. the world stopped and we thought oh my goodness um Are we gonna get delayed are we gonna is our process gonna stop but fortunately for us our agency were amazing they were so adaptable they got us online and if anything things sped up for us so wow yeah the assessment the panel all online I think because our adoption social worker had so much more time at home we kind of flew through in five months the process which is kind of unheard of Mm. Um, but family finding was really weird online you know you get all the information in training that you know there's a lot of kind of face-to-face visits and it's quite lengthy Mm. we we did honestly fly through it because everybody was at home and so we found our little boy you know kind of six months prior to approvals panel not knowing we were kind of going to be matched to him then yeah but when we were approved because everything was online it was just happening within weeks matters of weeks the whole thing and you know the process for us was seven months start to finish which is really rare and our social worker always says we do not use you as a good example
0: (laughs) so so is that from like when you went to information event through to your son moving in
1: so that's from starting stage one if we include wow, the information yeah. event it will have been about nine months which i still think is pretty ridiculously it's, fast.
0: yeah it's it's um because like when we came into the process we were told to expect a two to three year process
1: yeah, we were too
0: and I mean, we were, we were fast-tracked at listeners at home. You can't see that. I'm doing the bunny ears right now. Uh, <laughs> we were, we were fast-tracked and I think it was 18 months from start to finish. Um, yeah. And, and you think, wow, this is, this is interesting. This is incredible. So like seven to nine months, that's amazing. I bet your heads yeah. were spinning.
1: Oh, they were in a lot of pain. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I was just on autopilot trying to navigate the pandemic and the process and family finding and parent at the same mm. time. Looking back, think me and Sam my husband are like what how did we do that we were like invincible at that time but you know it certainly had its kind of drawbacks as well you know the the support was kind of limited because we didn't get as much face-to-face as we wanted Mm -hmm. we missed we missed out on things like going to panel in person and having you know the kind of child appreciation day in person obviously so grateful they went ahead Um, but there there were some bits that made it even more challenging for us Um, Mm. you know although it was fast, um, we missed out on a few bits. Yeah. And then, um, you know, when my little man did move home, that was quite difficult because we, we weren't really having as many face-to-face visits as we'd hoped for. Um, and we didn't have the access to support network that we normally mm. would have had, you know, me being yeah. able to go pop round for a coffee for some self-care. So it, it was pros and cons, but ultimately we were so relieved that, you know, mm. during a worldwide pandemic, our little man got to come home and we yeah. were forced into that family bubble. So wise we were forced into that initial <laughs> yeah. period. There were there were kind of walks where we would knit by family, but we really had that time as a family of thought to bond. And yeah. that is one good thing that that pandemic brought us.
0: Absolutely. And um, I, I, I guess like, I spoke to quite a few people that had had um, children placed during the pandemic and they talked... It, pretty much word for word of what you've just said you know beautiful opportunity for the attachment and that bonding and that sort of building that family also really scary because like when little dude joined us i had no idea what i was doing i had no experience (laughs) i was scared out of my wits he was seven with attitude oh my god what's going on um and all of a sudden something as simple as going shopping food shopping I'm now food shopping for a family and you have Mm -hmm. to think about snacks me (laughs) me me and my other half it's like well I want a snack I'm just gonna buy whatever I want now you're like oh but it needs to be a healthy snack yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) and they're really picking it has to be a certain
0: brand. absolutely yeah and and all of a sudden I'm like I don't actually know how to do this and budgeting I've I've now got to budget for three of us not two. so I had my my mum she was an amazing sort of support for us at that stage so I had her to almost be like my 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 guide during that that period so that must have been quite difficult for you like you say you know not having someone that you can say do you know what I'm having a rubbish day I'm coming over for a cup of coffee and And just getting that moment, that time, that that must have been quite a a, a challenge.
1: Yeah, it definitely was a challenge. I think initially I didn't need it because you're in that bubble and you're kind of just busy navigating your new life, aren't you, when they first move home. So we were kind of like, right, let's just focus on making sure little man feels safe and that Big Miss feels, you know, accommodated for and included Mm -hmm. and has her time. Her routine very much stayed the same. She was still going to nursery, um, which was a godsend. But for Mm. me, you know, that month in, after a month, uh, my husband was still going to work, so he was getting some kind of outlet. I was just stuck at home with a little man doing the same walk every day. (laughs) And you can only do so many walks with the same people. And it was really that adoption support network that I needed. I had access to my friends. I could FaceTime. But I needed the, the post-adoption support groups. I needed the adoption support play groups, you know, with the people that really got it. Yeah. So for me, Instagram was my only outlet to talk to people mm. that were going through it at the same time. I got myself in a really good adoption support group with maybe like six or seven other mums who were new to parenthood or adoption. And we just kept each other going. It was, Mm. the chat was daily. It was, Oh my God, how are you guys coping? Are you all right? Are you crying
2: yet? (laughs) (laughs) Can we
1: have a laugh? I've done this and I failed today. Please tell me I'm not a bad parent. Honestly, this group of women kept me going and Instagram did because that was the community I relied on for a good seven or eight months while we were on lockdown because I had no adoption leave other than in the house Mm. so yeah uh, that wasn't fun
0: I guess that's um that's something I've recognized certainly I would say definitely over the last year but probably the last three years the adoption community when things went online the adoption community almost sent up signal flares to everyone and said
1: (laughs) we Engaged.
0: Help and all of a sudden people are like do you know <laughs> what I'm here. What do you need? Yeah. What do you... and and it's.
1: I fully I, agree.
0: I um, as part of what I do, I get to deliver training to prospective adopters, and so often I talk to them and say, "Hey, get yourself online, get yourself on Instagram." It's not not so as you can get these Insta perfect families.
1: Oh no. Because <laughs> no
0: that you know that doesn't help anyone but actually the adoption community on on instagram is incredible and you hear people's stories and i've just found that there are so many people who are prepared to be so honest and it's like yeah. oh thank goodness you know
1: it's refreshing isn't it because you need yeah. people to relate to and that's what i really am conscious of online that it, yes i want to be positive but equally you've got to be realistic when you do have those down days
2: yeah but
1: yeah. I, I do have those down days but equally I'm still here doing it and loving it yeah um and so the people you know that I follow on Instagram and the people that I find within that adoption community are very much similar minded that we're here to share the reality of it yeah the reality of it is actually not as bad as what you find in the media yeah because the positives aren't shared enough it's It's going to be the negatives that are still happening and still very real, I agree. Um, But they're the ones that obviously the media pick up on and are in chat rooms. So I think a lot of us are actively trying to share the real, happy, positive stories.
0: To change Um, that narrative, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and make people see whether they decide to adopt or not, but just for our children to grow up in a world where adoption isn't all horror and negativity absolutely
0: that's my kind of goal yeah no and uh, uh, that's a shared goal so uh, yeah. <laughs> i i couldn't agree more i i um i love the world of adoption i'm passionate about adoption and getting the opportunity to talk to anyone and go hey let me share my story so as you can just understand that it's not a taboo subject it's not something to be scared about let's 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 talk um Mm -hmm. and yeah I think I think that's incredible and obviously you've you've said as well that you've got big miss little man Um, I love those nicknames um so (laughs) having um a birth child first then going through to adoption Mm -hmm. there's I've had quite a few people sort of reach out to me and say, hey, I've, I've got a birth child. We're going for adoption. What can I expect to be different? Um, now, everyone's gonna have different experiences, but have you seen anything that you'd say, wow, that, that was really different or I really didn't expect this or anything like that?
1: I mean, I will agree that obviously it's two very different ways to bringing a child into the family, and it's very dependent on your experiences. So for me, um, pregnancy was just not fun, did not enjoy right. it. All <laughs> negative, literally <laughs> didn't want to do it again. And I've spoken to a lot of people adopting with birth children that, you know, are in a similar position, and that's mm. why they thought, heck no, ain't doing that again. Let's try and let's do something else. Um So for me, my husband, it really was a case of there's nothing about pregnancy we've enjoyed, let's adopt. And obviously for me, the the biggest change is that the adoption process is so intense. And for me, having gone through the process of having a biological child being pregnant giving birth, The adoption process, um, you feel like you are jumping through so many hoops Mm. that you don't have to jump through when you have a biological child. And I'm sure that even people um, that adopt without biological children feel the same. You know, Mm. we wouldn't have to do this if we had biological children. So the first thing I recognized was that's the main difference because obviously we are parenting children who have had an adverse childhood Mm. experience. And it's understandable why, why the process is so intense. That's the first difference. But in terms of, I guess, logistics, the first kind of bringing home the child for me was just as confusing and nerve-wracking <laughs> as bringing home a newborn, if not more, mm. because there was additional pressure for me because my little man wasn't a newborn. He was moving. He was crawling. His understanding was so much more advanced than my mm. daughter at five days old. Um, and so the pressure for me was like, oh, my God, I've really he's got higher expectations than a newborn big myth. The pressure yeah. is really here. So I felt so much more, yeah, pressure to get it right. Mm.
2: Um,
1: the difference was obviously we were looking after a 10 month old who was eating and moving and needed entertaining. <laughs> and obviously the older the child, I think the more pressure would be there. Mm. Um. But the experiences were different. I, I can't say they were the same. They weren't. They were complete chalk and cheese.
2: Yeah.
1: But I love I loved them both. I preferred adoption, actually.
0: Oh, really? That,
1: yeah, that's just given the fact that I was so relieved not to have to be pregnant and give birth again. <laughs> I, you know, I, was, I was full of energy. I was ready to go. I for once felt really equipped because the training yeah. that we got through the process had equipped me with that. Our social worker equipped me with that. My little man, social worker and family finder and foster carer
2: Mm.
1: told us everything we possibly needed to know. And, you know, you've been through introductions. So I did feel in a much better place to come home and just be like, right, we have got this. We don't know how it's going to go. We don't (laughs) know how little man's going to find being in a new place without his foster carer. But do you know what? We're ready for sleepless nights. and yeah. um, I'm. I'm not in any physical pain. We've kind of got the gist of this. I've process. got a bit more energy
0: to be able to do it.
1: Yeah, and I yeah. felt, I felt much more positive about it. But I think awesome. that's because adoption had been so much more positive for us from yeah. the outset. Yeah, that we were just relieved and so honoured to be doing it.
0: Nice. So that's our awesome.
1: outlook was different.
0: Yeah. So. This- a fear or an anxiety that I hear um, prospective adopters talk about when they have have birth children is they talk about, oh, my uh, my parents, or my grandparents, they love, oh, yeah. love our birth child. We're really worried that they won't necessarily get on with yeah. this adopted child or what if they love this one more than that one. Yeah. Um, now, I know I'm I'm one of two. I know that my parents love Both my brother and I, differently. I know that my Mm -hmm. grandparents love us both differently. It's not to say that they loved one or other of us more. I'm confident that I, I just win. I just pip it at the post for my brother. (laughs) Um, I
1: can't agree. I'm definitely not the favourite. Did
0: uh, did you? Did you have any of those worries? Oh yeah. Uh, Right.
1: I was. I was full of concerns naturally because for for both children really for for big miss i was worried that obviously she was going to feel isolated and left out and Mm. that the attention was going to be shifted um we were worried that um if little man was struggling with attachment then you know a lot of time would be taken away from her so that was one element Mm. but then the other for me is oh i was so protective over little man even before we met him that I was petrified that he wouldn't be treated equally or loved equally. Yeah. And I had no reason to think this because our support <laughs> network were amazing. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's always that element of we have to do everything in our power to make this equal and educate our support network mm. and make sure that they have the bonding time and everything they need so that little man is never under any impression that he is not equal to Big Miss. Yeah. Unfortunately for us, you know, from day one, first meeting little man, my in-laws were straight in, you know, just, and yeah. they adore him. My family, exactly the same. And I found that, you know, I they will all agree that they love my kids exactly the same. Yeah. But for me, my mum, as an example, and my um, mother-in-law, and my brother who all went on the kind of adoption training and took that support to the next level and really immersed themselves in the process with us that understood the trauma, the impact of it and really had the hard-hitting stuff like we did. I think they love him differently to everyone else because there's that additional insight into just how incredible he is. Yeah, and my my mum always says that she says that I love them the same, but I love them in different ways because my instinct with Big Miss is natural, and I had to work at it with Little Man. And because we worked so hard and we've got there and we've achieved this mutual love, it is so special in its unique Mm. way. And I love it when she tells it like that, yeah. And she's so right, you do, it is different, it's not just natural, it wasn't for me, I didn't just see Little Man and God think oh I'm, lo- I'm in love with you I am like you are a
0: stranger yeah but but we talk about this like um when I help deliver training we talk about this as as in when when you gave birth to little miss or big miss mm-hmm. um you've just gone through labor you've just gone through pregnancy now you've gone through labor and you are handed this mess <laughs> and you're told yep love it love love it instantly and you're like whoa mm-hmm. hold on I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. I've got I've I've got nothing. Now for some for for some it it can be instant, and that's great. But there's almost this this um kind of feeling or this voice somewhere out there saying that the instant that this child is put in your arms, you Mm -hmm. are supposed to love them with everything you've got. And it's like,
1: hold on. Not realistic. No,
0: they are a complete stranger.
1: Yeah, Yeah, And I had that with both my children, actually. And I think that that's quite reassuring for people to hear that, you know, I had a lot of trouble in the pregnancy with my daughter that meant I did not attach to her. I had quite Mm. bad baby blues and I don't mind sharing that. But it took me a good nine months to really attach with her and bond with her and think, wow, I love you so much because that's that is a realistic thing. And it was the same with my little boy. Mm. So there was no difference there for me. You know, I took work for me to, you know, just be infatuated with my daughter and exactly the same with my son.
0: But I think I think that in itself, Molly, is is testament to yourself, to your journey and to, to you as a family. That level of honesty to say, hey, do you know what? No, it wasn't there straight away. It's not that you didn't like him. It no, <laughs> oh, wasn't no. getting he on. It's. I
1: mean, it was amazing. Yeah. It's just it takes the time to build that, and for him as well. You know, we were strangers. Yeah. To him for so long, and he didn't want to come to us. He didn't really want cuddles. But mm. then when when he started to do that, you know, eighteen months later, we know he loves us because yeah. it's just a complete different story. But it it does take that time Absolutely. to build it up, and yeah. it would be weird. If it was any different, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I think so. Um it's um it's one of those weird ones like um, my other half and I talk about this all the time. Um I, I wear my heart on my sleeves as soon as I see little dude's profile. I was like, yep, that's the one. want him. <laughs> I
1: was like that with little man. Yeah, I was like, he's mine. I'm going to be his mum. Yeah. I'm going to do everything in my power to make that happen. <laughs> yes,
0: I, I will fight for him. Um, <laughs> I will
1: email my social worker daily. Yes,
0: yes exactly. <laughs> um, now, for, for my other half, he's like, hey, do you know what? It's going to take me a little bit longer. It's not that he didn't like him. It's not that he didn't sort of mm-hmm. feel... He was like, yeah I can see it working it's going to be great but give me a moment before I'm going to say oh I'm I'm, I love this this kid um and it took him that time but it was so nice watching like you just said watching that initial bonding time and watching you get to know this complete stranger and then turn them into your child and you turn into their parent and it's like oh wow this is to
1: be really proud of isn't it because it's it's so much work and I think anyone who's not an adoptive parent or kind Mm. of has adoption in their family they wouldn't realize that the amount of work and commitment to attachment and bonding that you know in those initial stages it takes so much work to build that that when you've got there you look back and you're like wow I am so proud of us this bond is so much more special because we have had to work at this like this bond isn't supposed to be that natural instinct that exactly. everybody talks about so i look back at little man i'm like oh my gosh aren't we amazing that you yeah. trust me this much and i love you like look yeah. at us and look at what we've done i
0: i couldn't agree more and i think um i was actually talking with some friends it, it was this is not related but it is i was talking to some friends this weekend and i was cooking dinner and as i went to sit down one of the friends went well that actually smells delicious I said I'm going to accept your compliment I said because so often it's the way that we as humans you get a compliment you're like oh you know so oh you look amazing oh what this old thing no don't be ridiculous (laughs) yeah and yeah I mean it took me 40 minutes to get ready of course I look great (laughs) thank you for telling me so and I think it relates back to parenting you know initially people would say oh you're doing such a wonderful job and you'd kind of push that compliment away and go oh no do you know what you know we're really lucky or oh yeah he's done great stopping and going no do you know what i'm really proud of what what we've achieved of course little dude he's he's done amazing but he's done amazing because we love him as much as we do and we put those things in place and exactly what you're saying there be proud of that be over the moon with how far you've travelled mm-hmm. my my mum often talks about how incredible she feels when little dude tells her that he loves her um, oh that's
1: amazing
0: she she talks about she goes look i've got i've got two birth grandchildren and one adopted grandchild she said the birth children they are born and they are almost raised being told look this is your grandparents you love your grandparents she said whereas little dude joined the family he didn't have to love anyone he didn't have to do anything she said so when he tells me he loves me she said he's telling me that because he chose to love me she said my my other my birth grandchildren didn't choose to love me they can choose to like me but they didn't choose to love me he chose and he chooses to love me and there is there's something incredibly powerful about when a child actually chooses to love you. And
1: you're, like, you're so right. Especially when you think about, you know, for your little dude and my little man, when you think about how much strength and kind of resilience it takes them to do that mm, after everything they've been through yeah. and the kind of losses and, you know, that they've had to grieve to then challenge themselves kind of against everything that is almost strange and yeah. against what they've been programmed to, to survive like mm. for them to then choose to trust and love, you know, yourselves as parents and grandparents. I just think it's the biggest privilege ever. And I, that sounds exactly like what your mum is saying. Yeah. And like what my mum says as well. And it's exactly how I feel. Yeah, yeah. You know, I am genuinely honoured that my little man comes to me for a cuddle because He's choosing to do that. Yeah. And at one point he would have never chosen to do that because I wasn't his safe person.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: I am, and what a privilege that is.
0: Yeah, I um I I could not agree more, and I think it's it it's it's testament a to the process, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: to the training, to all. But it's a testament to the families that are. becoming families and how it's working you're like wow this is this is awesome and what i love as well is your story is completely different to my story but the end result is the same that these children are building a bond building an attachment and building trust they haven't had trust in us tall people for a long time and now because of the process because of the training because of what you bring to the table you're able to put that in place for them and make them feel that and it's like wow that's that's incredible and that that kind of reverts back to what we were saying at the start isn't it of let's change the narrative you know Mm -hmm. your start different to my start both at the same end result that things are going really well and yeah that's that's awesome um yeah so so with big miss Um, obviously you said she she handed you to to get a sibling oh (laughs) get me a sibling Um, (laughs) did um did she um obviously I know she was quite young but did she have Mm -hmm. any sort of preference was she saying hey I want a brother or a sister oh or... she
1: did yep. <laughs> she, so she was three and she was obviously in preschool and obviously all her friends were having newborn brothers and sisters yep. and it started and me and Sam were like oh my god it's happening <laughs> oh my god <laughs> a panic it's happening yep. we actually have to consider this now and um, and she always said you know I'd love I'd love a baby sister and um, she's really girly and yeah. so with we- we kind of just took that with a pinch of salt but do you know what she is just and I know I'm biased but she was just amazing throughout the whole thing she fully just threw herself into the process she was so involved and our social worker became like her big best friend (laughs) our our social worker came purely for a play date to build that to build that relationship so that she knew that you know uh, yeah. Rachel is helping my mummy and daddy find me a brother or sister mm. and Rachel would come and just play with her toys for oh, an hour, nice. do family trees and like gently feed her information about yeah. a potential brother or sister in the future. Um, And obviously our kind of panel revolved heavily around her mm. um, and how she'd adapt. But when it came to family finding and obviously we'd seen some profiles um, our social worker did kind of recommend um, a brother, just so the dynamic was kind of a bit different, maybe mm. for her benefit, so that she would feel maybe less threatened. There'd be slightly yeah. different needs, um, and that didn't have any kind of weighing on our choice. We were open to both genders. Mm. Um, our age was kind of selected for us because there had to be a two-year age gap.
2: Yeah. So yep.
1: when little man came along, I was that parent that was like, yes. <sighs> <laughs> this, is, this is a fella for me, I love this little chap, <laughs> I want to be his mum, I'm going to love him, and um, we had no doubts that she would be the most perfect big sister for him, and that's yeah. exactly what she is, oh, that's she awesome. thinks it's the most normal thing in the world, because adoption has been normalised in her life from yeah. day one, yeah. and it, it still is, so you know, when they met, it was just like, ah, this is my brother, most normal mm. thing going to tell a teacher oh I've just been to you know my brother's foster carers and had a bagel and (laughs) her teacher would be like what (laughs) obviously we'd prepared them yeah
2: yeah yeah to
1: facilitate those conversations but they were just like Molly this is what she said and I just wanted you to know that it was the most normal conversation and I was like yes this is a yes. milestone for this us. Is this is what exactly we want. This is what we want. Yeah. And that's exactly how it's been. She will role play foster carers. <laughs> she will role play birth family contact. Wow, um, and that's And awesome. little man will now sit there and join in. And that's, that is, you know, 18 months ago, what I dreamt about. Mm. And I'm so proud that we're here because she's just, she's helped to make it happen. Yeah. And she is honestly his, probably biggest safe person
2: yeah yeah she is
1: the first person he will he'll go to for a cuddle she's the first person he wants to see and shouts in the morning and <laughs> um, if, if they're having a sleepover at a grandparents and she's not there he is not okay
0: wow that's awesome So they
1: have that bond where he really relies on her
0: see i think um great. i think I often talk about when we do like um, friends and family training, people are like, oh, how do we introduce Mm -hmm. the children in our network to these children? Nine times out of 10, my advice is, do you know what? Us tall people are really nervous and scared about all of this. Let the kids get on with it. They're so yeah. much better at it than we are because they don't they overthink are. these things. You know, they, they just accept exactly how you've just said, oh, yeah, we had a bagel with my brother's foster carer. It was really great. We had a great time. That's normal. And mm-hmm. us adults are sitting again. Oh, my God, that's fantastic. And she's sitting again. What is? I don't get it. Yeah. That's
1: so <laughs> about that. yeah. You are so right. You are and, so right. And
0: that's the beauty, isn't it? Of, of them just... Young people's level of tolerance is just we we as adults don't have the same beautiful tolerance in life as what young people do. They yeah. just accept. They accept, and it's like, oh, we could all learn so much from young people. Let's just let's let them lead yep. us how we need to go. And yeah, I, I, and that sounds that sounds awesome. Like that she's embraced having a sibling and the world of adoption
1: yeah she really
0: has yeah no that's that's amazing did you have did you have any like um worries that after placement she might go uh this isn't quite (laughs) what I had in mind can we send him back
1: (laughs) no we definitely we didn't have any worries because well we just she was so excited Mm. and we fully expected it to be love hate yeah um but we knew when we got to that point, we'd cracked it that mm. they had established that bond because they are love hate, you know, yeah. one minute they're dragging each other around the room crying <laughs> and the next minute they're having a sleepover fuddling. And,
2: yeah. um,
1: We honestly, I can say we didn't have any concerns. And I think that's just because she was so excited and we knew her character. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. We were
1: obviously prepared for that conversation and she did get confused at times. Not that she wanted him to go back to his foster carers, but she kind of asked, you know, when is little man going back to live with foster carer? And we would have that conversation again to instill in her that he's staying here now forever. Mm. Foster carers in his life, in her life, as a friend, and then it you know, after several months, it, it kind of sank in there, Yeah, you
0: know, I, Again, it's off. that understanding, isn't it? It's yeah. and that that's a that's a big thing to understand, it's a big thing to digest, isn't it? And go, so what's a foster carer? You know, I, oh, yeah. I I remember when little dude was seven, he'd just moved in with us, and he was walking to school with my um with my niece, both seven years old, and she turned around and she said, what's a foster carer and you think wow yeah I mean that that doesn't that's not something that you would know at that age um I kind of as I'm walking I'm kind of leaning closer to understand what he's going to say as his answer and he turns around and says right so uh, have you seen Despicable Me and she went (laughs) yeah Do you know what foster care is just like living with Gro? There's less bald people, and not anyone's trying to steal the moon, but everything else is the same. And she went, "Oh, okay." And I'm sitting there going, "That's not an explanation. That's not even close." What (laughs) an. I love it. They're just like, "Hey, that's all I needed to know. I'm, I'm good with this."
1: (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. We've had that a little bit, you know, where um. Obviously, Big Miss had all the questions earlier, you know, what's a social worker? What's Mm. a birth family? What's a birth mum? What's um, a family finder? What's a foster carer? But she has got that terminology down for a five-year-old now. So whenever someone's over, like we've got, um, her auntie is only a few years older than her. Um, So in the process, you know, her auntie, um would be like oh what's what does a social worker do and big myths are just like oh well you know they just you know they're there to keep children safe they have to do this they have to do that and then they might go live with a foster carer and then they might go back to birth family which would be really good for them but if it's not safe then you know they'll live with a carer (laughs) and and then they might need to find a new family and that's what we are and then they would just be like all right let's go get an ice cream yeah and it's
0: not job done yeah, that's, I mean that's amazing, isn't it? I yeah, I love I love children. I love their innocence and their just simple way of looking at life. It's
1: same. I love watching it. I'm so proud mm, of my two. Just yeah, for the world that they, you know, they teach our family so much more just mm, themselves.
0: Yeah, um, yeah,
1: and so yeah, they're little champions. They really yes. are.
0: So I had uh, I had a conversation with. Um, it was had a conversation she was an author and she talked about her story and she was the uh birth child in a family and then her family then went on to adopt her brother wow yeah um and they did it quite quite a long time ago now and she talked about as as she and her brother were growing up she found herself really interested and really intrigued in his story and wanted to mm-hmm. know more. And when her, when their parents sort of talked and said, Hey, you know, we have this information, would you like it? Her brother told me and went, no, no, I don't want that. I'm not interested. She said for her, she really struggled with that because she was like, yeah. I want to know. I mm-hmm. I need to know this. And she said that she had quite a struggle there because she respected that it, it was his story, but she also felt that it was partly hers as well. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's it's far too early for you to tell, but I imagine that that, that must have been quite a challenge for the parents sitting there
1: and go, ah. That's so good to hear, actually, because I always wonder what our kind of dynamics gonna look like when the kids, you know, teenagers.
0: Mm. Um,
1: the way we're kind of navigating it at the minute is we're obviously doing some form of life story work. We're of so course. lucky that we have the most amazing life story books ever.
2: Amazing.
1: Um, we we really really do. I know that I'm one of the lucky ones there. Um, but we have been doing life story work since he came home, mainly kind of picture books at this point. Mm. And It's it's taken a lot of discussion between me and my husband to decide how we navigate that. You know, do we involve Big Miss? Because we want little man to know that it's not something that she shouldn't be involved with and has to hide. Yeah. You know, we we don't want to create an environment where he has to do this on his own. Like we want to show him that we are all immersed in this if he wants us to be yeah so we have been looking through these together mm. um, and obviously big miss her, her understanding is further you know way more advanced given that of course older. yeah so she's uh, asking questions you're like oh is that birth mom Ooh, is that birth dad you know like who's that and where's that picture taken mm. um so we we are going through it with her at the minute and whilst i understand that little man cannot communicate whether or not this is okay at the minute. We, we've chosen to do it this way at the minute because we want to create that environment where it's so normal. The story normal isn't a taboo. To pick that book, yeah, yeah. and you should be ashamed of anything. But obviously, as he gets older and has his opinion, should he, you know, like the author's brother, say, I don't want that, we will respect that. Mm. Um, but we've got to kind of anticipate that Big Miss is going to have those questions because yeah. she loves him. And it's, it's part of her yeah her, she's his story is to her i guess you know she wants him to be as secure as he is in his identity and, so and it's I, going to be an interesting journey. yeah
0: i mean there isn't there isn't the crystal ball to say no. hey what you're doing is right or wrong but judging by what you're saying it's that openness it's that honesty it's that transparency of hey before you can communicate about this we are going to communicate about this because I don't want. Well, I always had that anxiety of if I adopted a, no, a two-year-old, uh, what? How do you have to constantly say you're adopted, you're adopted, you're adopted, you're adopted, oh, so yeah, as they never, so as they never have that moment of, I'm what? So it's about getting that dialogue going, comfortably going. Now that your daughter's involved in that, it means that you can all talk and. There's not this huge anxiety around the topic. There's not a, an anxiety around life story books. Instead, hey, this is this is our family. This is what yeah, happened. And that's exactly it. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, like I say, I don't have a time machine, but I would certainly look at that approach and say that's a healthy approach to life story work. Um, everyone involved, and at the point where he gets to talk about that, he can say. <laughs> Yeah, do you know what? I wanna I wanna stop now. Um and you can go, okay, let's I mean we we have that with little dude. He's majorly avoidant, majorly avoidant. Um, but we talk to him about certain aspects of his story, of his past, and we go, you know, we've got this information, would you like it? And now at 16, he's like, No, no, I don't want that. I I don't I he um I called it almost like a shield and he said it's mm-hmm. he said it's my defense mechanism. He said, I know that I'm doing okay. He said, but if you tell me something I don't know, that could be a trigger. He said, you don't know what a trigger is until you're triggered. Yeah. So he said, at the moment I don't feel strong enough or like I want that information because I feel all right. So I'm okay. Um,
1: that's amazing that he's communicated that as well because mm. you know you hear in training that a lot kind of um a lot of children who are kind of in that not denial but you know they're struggling to process it or you know in that kind yeah. of um protection protecting themselves yeah and um, that they don't often verbalize that and then find other ways to communicate that through behavior. So, yeah. how amazing of little dude to just be like, No, it's, I'm, I'm not going to be all right with that. I don't feel like I can handle that yet. Yeah, I really hope that my little man trusts me enough to say that to me. You know, that's on you know, yeah. that's amazing.
0: I mean, I would say, judging by what you've just said, I would say that you're building that because the only way that we've got that. Is by being open, honest, and yeah. saying to saying to little dude, "Look, there are no taboo subjects. You want to talk about it, talk about it. You want to ask a question, ask a question." Um, mm-hmm. He 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 took that to his most extreme sort of ways. So he would challenge us at the most uncomfortable of times and ask us all kinds of random questions. Um, and you'd be like, "Why are you asking that?" It's because you said you said there's no subject off limits. All right, okay, let's go. There. <laughs> um, so my my favourite time uh, was when he was probably about nine and we'd gone to Alton Towers for the weekend and we were staying and we went in this hotel, it was a really nice hotel, and we was just out for, like doing the breakfast and there was, we were just surrounded by business folk just on their laptops, <laughs> laptop lunches. And little dude says, can I ask you a question? I went, yeah, sure. He went, have you ever had sex with a girl? I was like, "Oh my
1: god, oh, what's happening here? <laughs> That's amazing. But, but oh he was God.
0: not. He was not quiet. He was not shy. I'd be proud
1: of, of that. All of I, these I laptop warriors. I would be proud of my child for doing that. I'd be like, do you know what? We've made it. If you can ask me that at a laptop lunch, and not even care what yeah. anyone around us is thinking, I'm like, yes. And do you know what? I'll answer you.
0: Yeah. Like I, I was okay. Like, I was like, okay, we're going there. Let's do this. And I was like, oh, Over
1: this, breakfast. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> but that's Amazing. I think that um, obviously at those moments you're like oh this is hilarious and you're looking at all of the faces but essentially at that moment I was like Do you know we've cracked it we've let him know that there are no subjects that you can't talk about you want to go there let's go there And I, I don't care who's around I, I don't know who those people are I never saw them again so it doesn't matter exactly. um so it's it's that openness and honesty that that I think creates that resilience in our, mm-hmm. in our kids. Um,
1: yep.
0: so yeah, I think, I think what you're doing is awesome. Um, oh,
1: thank you. I really hope so. I do feel that, you know, in comparison to big myth, that the pressure of getting this right is extreme, mm. you know, big myth for me. I'm like, we've got it. You're secure. You are securely attached. Mm. You are confident in who you are. From the minute you were born, you have known everything <laughs> that you need to know. Whereas for little man, I do feel the most overwhelming pressure to to get everything right because there's so much that I cannot fix in his life. And there's still so much that I cannot control, you know. I cannot control if we're going to get letterbox letters back, for example. I can't control what's going to happen when he's 18 if he decides to reach out to birth family. I can't control and guarantee that that is going to go well for him. Mm. So the, the littlest things, you know therapeutic parenting making sure that his school are doing absolutely everything they can to support him and if if they're not calling them out and challenging them Mm. making sure that our support network are being appropriate and they are educated and that they are you know respecting boundaries so I you know my husband kind of describes me as a bit of a, a warrior parent like I will I'm the first person to be confrontational. I'm the <laughs> first person to pull people up. But it's because I'm so scared of getting this wrong, you
2: mm. know? Yeah.
1: And I don't know if you can relate to that. Um, 100%. It, it is a thing that I it's... feel so protective of little man and the future, right? You know, when I have to let him go into school and high school and out into the mm. world where I can't hold his hand. And I can't make things okay. And I can't control the little comments that people say and the little jokes that are really going to trigger him. Yeah, I am terrified of those moments.
0: It, it is terrifying. Mm-hmm. But in the same breath, I always say, and it, you're right, it's terrifying and you have this guilt badge welded mm-hmm. onto you. Um, yeah. But essentially... If you do everything right, if you put as much love, care, affection and attention into our children, you're arming them to take on the world. Little dude now, he is so confident about his story. He presents and he 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 presents to my training groups and he tells them about his journey. He he's been asked to um, attend an adoption conference where he and i can talk about our life and our story now obviously he's an incredible young man and he's done a lot for himself but you you're putting those things in place and i'm i'm paranoid paranoid that i'll get something wrong paranoid that he something might the world might hurt him yeah you're building up little man's strength and his resilience that when the world comes knocking he's going to be an advocate for himself and he's going to say hey do you know what throw what you like at me i'm stronger than this because i've got these behind me i know i've got an advocate in my corner so yeah you're you're doing a cracking job and
1: thank you
0: enjoy it (laughs) well
1: i i I am doing yeah i am
0: doing it's the best yeah and and it do- I don't think it matters what I say, and I could have the same conversation with you for a w- every week for the rest <laughs> of your life. Of course, you're going to have fears and worries. You know, of, of, of course, that doesn't go away. My, I was talking to my mum today. I'm thirty odd. I can't remember how old anymore. Um, and she says, I still have worries. I still have worries that the world is going to hurt you and that something's going to go wrong because that never goes. So yeah. I guess it's parenthood, isn't it? yeah, I guess it's it's parenthood and and that's what makes it beautiful, doesn't it? It's mm-hmm. it's those fears, anxieties. It's like okay, well that means that I love them. So yeah,
1: it is. It's because yeah. you love them. Yeah.
0: But but yeah, look, I've uh, I've I've got to the point where I'm gonna bring it to a close so as uh, so as I don't keep you all all night. Uh, but Molly, it has been amazing talking to you um and and hearing from you as well um if obviously i'll put the links in as well um but if people wanted to come and find you and check out your content how, how do they find you
1: oh how do you find me okay <laughs> instagram <laughs> is probably the best way um i am molly mama adopt on instagram People, you know, message me all the time and I love to chat to people. Mm. So people are welcome to message me on there.
0: Amazing. Or um,
1: I do do YouTube videos as well, which is exactly the same, Molly Mama Adopt. Just a bit, more, a bit more detail about my journey. Um, Fantastic. If people are curious about adoption, then find me on there.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you again. Um, oh, I'll, thank um, you for having me. No, honestly, it's a, a, a true pleasure. Um, and you, both both your kids sound like they are incredibly wonderful and incredibly lucky to have you guys. Um, thank you. But yeah, I'll um, I'm going to put the links to your pages on on the episode link. Um, and yeah, it'll it'll be great. So thank you again. And uh, thank you. Yeah, great speaking to you.